Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So back in 2018, it was my second round of the Wyoming Open. I had shot two over the first day and decided I wanted to get really drunk that night. So... I went out, went on a bender. Uh, I was still drunk when I showed up for the second round, and I started off six under through the first seven holes. Um, I thought I was going to be on 59 watch there for a minute. <laughs> it was the wildest thing. I, I had never, <clears throat> excuse me, I had never started that hot in my life. And then I started to like come down because I was still drunk, and I proceeded to shoot 73 that day. Um, yeah, it was the worst last 11 holes of my life probably the burst nine hangover oh dude it hit me i i had to hit i drank a few coors lights on the turn (laughs) did nothing for me so uh yeah that was the best and worst round of my life uh let's tee it up hello friends welcome to this tradition unlike any Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome into this edition of Big Drive Energy brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Uh, Spencer, Big Drive Spence, is on holiday. He is. Big honeymoon, Spence. B- big honeymoon, Spence. He's down in uh, Mexico. I forget where exactly where they are. It's Playa del Carmen. Play- yeah, I think that's correct. It's across from that island. There's an island over on yeah, the. Yeah, that would be Cozumel. Okay. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with the uh, the different cities in <laughs> Mexico or different places, but um, him and his new wife Kylie, my my new sister-in-law, are having a fantastic time. It looks like. Um, Spencer's drinking his weight in alcohol, which is <laughs> not the very le- hard. Yeah, the least surprising news of the day. And RK and Allie. So, oh, well, I need to introduce my co host for the day since Spencer is out of town. Uh, we have our good buddy and our golf buddy, RK, Ryan Konigsberg. 
uh, recording with us today. What's up, brother? Not much, man. Stoked about this. I feel like I'm just I'm going full on Spence replacement. Like replace him on the pod, then we're <laughs> going to the Nuggets game in his seats later. Tonight. Exactly. It's it's gonna be an evening. I'm watching his dogs. <laughs> I was gonna say that. That's what I was gonna say. Is uh, Ryan and Allie were nice enough to watch Spencer and Kylie's dogs. And how's that been? It's actually great. I mean, Joker can be a little shithead for sure. Oh, hundred percent. But it's great. Like when it, I was trying to explain this to Allie, like as long as you chill, they'll chill. Yeah, you like, just have to give off those vibes. Right. And you're like, just don't move for like ten minutes, and they'll fall asleep. <laughs> right. But yeah, the more excited you get, uh, Joker does this thing. I don't know if you've done it with him yet, but if you just take your finger and like go in a circle, he'll just start. <laughs> chasing the shit out of it basically like he's chasing his tail and then he gets so fucking dizzy and like one time he ran into like a door oh it's great i I don't know if that's considered animal abuse or not but i think it's he chases his tail without being encouraged yeah exactly so i guess that's not really my problem but sometimes i like to initiate it when he's pissing me off start the cycle yeah exactly just put him in a blender wait Um, i want to circle back to the story you were telling okay so are you allowed to drink at an event like that? Technically, you're not. Okay, all right. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's So, the that's other... an actual rule. No drinking. Well, it's frowned upon. Like, <laughs> on the PGA Tour, there's no, like, hardcore, no drinking, no drugs, obviously. Okay, okay. Mini tours, it's kind of a free-for-all. Also, loose use of the term drugs, because they did used to let John Daly smoke cigarettes out there. Some would say nicotine a drug. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I guess I'm addicted to drugs then, too, because <laughs> I, I got a mean nicotine addiction. So, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean... If we really want to get into it, Robert Garrigus came out. I mean, there's so many guys that were smoking weed in porta potties. Did you ever hear about that? No. Oh yeah. On the tour? Oh yeah. They would go mid round, go hit the J, mid round, get wow. high as hell. And honestly, like a lot of mini tour guys, I can obviously say this firsthand because I've started rounds drunk before. Um, they would take like a couple of shots in the parking lot just to take the edge off. The nerves. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like. Everybody, I don't care what stage you're on playing professional golf, like, everybody has nerves on the first tee. Even even if it's a little or a lot, like... It, I get nerves on the f- first tee of just, like, the Sunday round with my boys. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, there's different, definitely different levels of nerves, but at the same time, like, any professional event, that first tee, everybody's watching, and you just want to hit a good tee shot. So a lot of those guys do roll up to the first tee either high or a little bit drunk did you see the uh, there's like a tiktok that went viral recently of a kid on the first hole of a tournament and he literally heals it so badly it goes in between his legs yes and then like behind and into him a right? bush. Oh yeah, and into a bush yes like hack out of the bush and the look on his face is like so priceless you know like you know like the sketchy iphone zoom <laughs> so it just like sketchily zooms in on him and he's just so mad oh my god yeah that that is like everybody's worst nightmare but that's the problem is you're so nervous to do that Mm -hmm. that that's all you're thinking about like that's what a lot of people end up doing uh one of my high school teammates our first ever high school golf tournament freshman year uh the jv squad one of our one of my teammates um he wasn't very good but whatever he literally so he hits drive or no he, he wanted to hit three wood off the first tee because he thought that driver was like too much and i'm like okay like i'm hitting driver all day it's got the biggest surface area i'm not missing this ball like (laughs) flat out he hits three wood hits it a foot cold tops it like 
tops it so hard it goes into the ground and and pops up and, like, sits right in front of him. So then he kind of has to, like, regroup a little bit, obviously. It's fucking embarrassing. And then he chunks it. I think he made, like, eight. It was a par four. I think he made double, double par. First hole of his high school career, and that's kind of how it went for him the rest of the time anyway. so My coach used to always say this, and I feel like it makes those nerves worse, but he used to say, like, you can't win the tournament on the first hole, but you can lose the tournament on the first hole. A hundred percent. And I'm like, don't put that shit in my head <laughs> while I'm walking to the first tee. Right? Oh, a hundred percent. Well, they say that on the PGA Tour also, but it's it's round. It's full rounds. It's not right, high right. school where it's one round. Like, yeah, 18 holes. That's the toughest thing about, I would say, high school golf. Is that no recovery? No, yeah. There, if you have a bad nine, you're pretty much hosed. Um, I mean, the state tournaments two rounds, so you get a little bit there. But even college tournaments are usually three to four rounds, and professional events are three four rounds. So you do have a little time to to make some shots back. Yeah, I've very rarely played in a multiple day tournament, and I think that's like it sounds so fun. In fact, Henry's dad's friend was just DMing me the other day telling me, like, you got to come up to my two-day scramble. And I'm like, <laughs> that sounds like the best thing ever. Oh, I know, dude. Yeah, it's it's electric. Yes. Oh. The, do you know what the best thing ever about, like, two-day tournaments is? Especially if they're just for fun, like, when you're just bullshitting. Yeah. Is you can re- – everybody sits around after the first round, and you can bullshit and reminisce about that entire first round, but you still have another round of golf to play. Yep. So it's like that sweet spot of, oh, we just played this blast of a round – everybody's drinking talking about their best shots their worst shots and that's that's some of the most fun to me is just everybody sitting in the bar bullshitting afterwards but then you still get to go out and do it again the next day and you get to see who shows up hungover right like, yeah right. that's always that's always a lot of fun too because especially at the valley of fun there is a few dudes that literally don't sleep that night and go <laughs> like even our club champion this last year went to bed both nights at like either two or three o'clock in the morning and his tea times at eight. So he's not getting a lot of sleep. And yeah. on top of it, he's like 40. He doesn't he's, get to the last tea time being in the lead. No. he. So we actually send them off or did, well, I take that back. Maybe did right, we, right. I, I forget if we do a shotgun or a, okay. I don't know. Spencer puts that shit together. <laughs> that's, that's above my pay grade. Um, but yeah, he was shit face both mornings for sure. And he shot 69 the first day, so he played pretty damn well. And then the second day, I was actually hanging out with him Saturday night, and I was like, we need to recreate this because you played so well today that, like, you need to do the same thing. Right, right. And then he shot, like, 78 the next day. Oh, he still won. Still I think won. he finished, what? what is that, three over? Yeah, he finished three over par for two days. So he still yeah. played pretty damn well. But, yeah, he he was hammered both, play. both mornings. So. That'll play. Um, well, anywho, we're, I mean, we're kind of done talking about drinking on the, on the golf course here for a few minutes. Uh, let's talk about the Valspar Championship this last week. Um, Sam Burns took it down in a playoff against uh, Davis Riley, who's not a really big name, and I would say Sam Burns really isn't either, but uh, it was his third PGA Tour win, and now two of them are at the Valspar. He went back-to-back, so that's... That's got to be like his favorite course right now. Isn't he from Texas too? I think he's from. He went to LSU, okay. but he's from that area. Texas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I feel like it's if you're from Alabama, you're from Texas. Like it, that's at least how I see it. Like especially with golfers, the SEC is just they're all good. Davis Riley. Uh, uh, the reason that he didn't win is because his name is backwards. 
I, right, yeah, like I actually him. know somebody named Riley Davis. That's a real name. I, that's a hundred percent. Or he's just Captain Two Last Names. Like, yeah, yeah. that's I don't know. That, there's something about that. I would never bet on a guy whose name is backwards. Yeah, I actually like the first name Dave. Like, I actually like the name Davis. Yep. But it's got to play have a with first name last name. Yeah, exactly. Davis Smith. That place. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. That's it's a little touchy for sure. And um, even Sam Burns, like, like I said. He, I would say he, he's underperformed. It's just such a weird thing because he was so hyped coming out of college at LSU, like yeah. top five junior golfer, collegiate golfer, that we haven't heard his name as much as we thought we would. Mm-hmm. But yet I looked at his career stats and he's made like $12 million in like three years. Yeah, I mean, he was in a big playoff, wasn't he? At, at one of the bigger tournaments recently. Yes, he, I think he... He kind of pops up here and there. He, he's, exactly. Round. I would say he's a little inconsistent. Um, but he definitely, when he gets it done, he gets it done. And the shittiest part was, is like, when we're betting golf... betting, We've talked about this already, but betting golf is one of the hardest things in the world, I feel like. It really is. It's just terrible. And, like, of course, Sam Burns, he loves the course at Innisbrook. Um so you want to like bet on him, but you're like he's not going to go back to back. Right. Then right. he goes back to back. Like seriously, that is so rare that that happens. So, so you, so you, um, there's the the match play tournament this week. Just to kind of you know, like highlight what you're talking about here. Yeah. And, and I went and I made a bracket. Okay. Um, because it was just like there. Like that's was, fire. I yeah. I went to look at what Who, the bracket was. How can you see a bracket and not make not a bracket? Fill it out, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's so crazy. Like as I was going through it, just looking at it, I'm like, all of these guys are good. How would I possibly choose? <laughs> Who's going to win out of this group of four? Right, exactly. Well, and and we can kind of get into the uh, the match play a little bit here. That is what we have this upcoming week is the Dell match play down in Austin, Texas. So it's – and like we were just talking about, match play is a blast. Oh, yeah. And that's the weird thing with world golf rankings is you look at some of these dudes. Like you liked the um, Sebastian Munoz group, and we'll get into that here in a bit. But – Munoz finished like I want to say in, he finished fourth there last year, right. and he's in he's like fifty eighth. Yes, you know? the last guy in the group. Yeah, so he he has a really good finish here already, and he's still ranked in that position. So sometimes it can be luck of the draw, like yep. it, I mean, just like the NCAA tournament. So I love match play, like as a player, just for the same reason we were just talking about with the two day tournaments. One hole doesn't sink you, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And, and even less than a stroke play event, like, right. you can absolutely shit your pants. Yes. You can make a 14. You can do, you can just quit a hole. It doesn't matter. And the ability it's one to, down. The, the ability to quit a hole is like a really freeing feeling. Oh, 100%. Because you can go for any shot. Right. And you like, just put two in the drink and you're just like, all right, we're yeah, good. Pick it up. Let's go. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of brackets, real quick. Uh, college basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any win, any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable sportsbook. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. 
If they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. All right. <laughs> that was my first ad read ever. Spencer usually does those. So Good work. Good work. Thank you. I can read. I'm not – I'm. are you smarter than a third grader? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm not going to say I am, but I feel like I did pretty well. So, um, so talking about the brackets, I had RK look over his favorite groups. I looked over some of my favorite groups, and – we are going to discuss those a little bit, like what what pops out to you. Um, and just to give everybody a quick synopsis real quick of the format. And I had even kind of forgot because they just changed it like, I want to say three or four years ago, where it used to be just one verse 64, yep. two verse 63, so on and so forth, single elimination, where these guys would fly across the country and for four hours and then they're out like smoked by the number one player in the world exactly and And i mean it was kind of electric but at the same time i think the more golf the better yeah in a way at least get a few rounds like if if these guys because these are one of those tournaments with it being a wgc where it's a no cut event technically i mean there is kind of a cut but all these guys are getting paid right so you kind of like you want to be there for more than half a day Right, and the other thing is, like, one of the great things about watching golf on TV is just there's always action. Yeah. So, like, the more you keep these guys in it, the more guys you have out there on the course at the same time. Exactly, and like we were just talking about, one bad round doesn't necessarily mean you're out. So so what it is now, the format is they group, they make 16 groups. There's 64 guys in the field. They make 16 groups of four players. So they take one through 16, 17 through – 32 33 through 47 48 and 49 through my whatever yeah you're picking up <laughs> they take four groups of 16 the they basically number them one two three and four and then they make 16 groups of four and there's one number one one number two one number right. three and one number four in each group so based on your world ranking you get put in a certain group with other players and that's kind of where the draw comes in but the first two days I'm sorry, the first three days, it starts on Wednesday. Um, So the first three rounds, they play a round robin. So all four players within the group play each other, and then the winner of that group advances to the 16. And then it's just like March Madness. You go 16, 8, 4, 2, 1. So these guys have a fucking crazy weekend. Right, right. If you go the distance, you got to be worn out because that is a lot of golf. And that's five rounds, is it not? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean, technically it's more than that because they they go down to 16. So you'd go. So they go down to 16. <laughs> so you go 16 to eight and then eight to four on Saturday. So they play 36. Oh. Yeah, they. I'm sorry. Yeah, they play 36 Saturday and 36 Sunday. Oh, my God. On top of it being a five-day event. That's a lot. That's man. a shitload of golf. And I mean. The fact that you're playing for the amount of money, I, I think these guys can find it within their their heart to stay out there for it. Um, <laughs> and there's nothing big coming. You know, if the Masters was next week, it'd be like, I'm not playing. This yeah. Myself well, we, we even saw Scotty Scheffler or was it? She- no, I'm sorry. It was Burns back out of uh, the match play this week, partially because he was probably hammered. Um, <laughs> he texts his agent Sunday night and he's like, yo, dude, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I'm not flying. I just tomorrow, cashed dude. almost two million bucks. 
I think I'm safe for a couple years. I got my card for another couple. I don't need to play in the match play. And, I mean, the Texas Open really is, the Valero is really the kind of the, the tune-up for the Masters anyway. Yep. So a lot of those guys, if they are going to, I mean, nobody really wants to take a WGC week off unless, of course, you won the week before. So I can't knock them for that. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of golf. It's a tiring week. But there is certain guys that thrive in match play settings, and there's certain guys that don't. So if you can get into this, guys like Ian Poulter, for example, he's a match play king. Yep. There, a lot of these European dudes, this is their time to make hay over on the PGA Tour without it being a stroke play event. And, I mean, let's be real, they're the top 64 in the world. They're all really good at golf. But... Like I said, there is some guys that prefer the match play over the stroke play. Well, and that's what's so interesting about this field is like you just look at it and it's and it's everyone is so good. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the top sixty-four, so it's not like a one versus sixteen where it's like okay, this team's amazing and that team sucks. Every single one of these guys is amazing. Yeah. So you, like you look at these groups, like the first group has John Rahm and Patrick Reed in it. Only one of those guys is getting out, and then like you mentioned, Sebastian Munoz is the quote-unquote tier four guy in this, and he went all the way to you know the final day last time yeah exactly and there's just like so w let's get into it what what is your couple groups i mean we could kind of honestly go through all the groups but we're going to try to just stick to a few for time purposes so that one to me is is the best yeah you I, have the I, number one player in the world in john rom patrick reed who you know bulldog and match play right and just He's a psycho psycho <laughs> but also just amazing he's a, he can get hot any day yeah he's definitely gonna try to cheat at some point so and then who I, I'm, I'm honestly not familiar with who c young is. uh cameron young so he's uh he almost won three or four weeks ago where was it? i think it was at riviera okay so he's been playing really good golf lately and, and then like, munoz it's yeah. like how like the fact that only one guy is getting out of there is i know that's that's a little bit tough um it's like one of those eight nine matchups in the tournament that you're just like, oh man, both these teams are like fun. It, exactly, Sucks that only one can go. Well, and I will say that John Rahm, like, obviously he's the best in the world right now, but I wouldn't say call him like crazy hot. Yep, he's not like he hasn't won multiple times, and that's obviously a high expectation because we know he's that good. But he hasn't been like burning it down on tour the last month. So yep, for sure. Um, and Patrick Reed's actually been. We haven't really heard his name a whole lot other than he did get caught cheating again. Uh, oh, I saw he that. He was take basically like he was waiting for the the horn to blow so he could basically pick his ball up in the fescue, I want to say. Like oh he was I think he was and I could be wrong. I'm I'm almost positive I'm right, but uh he was wait there was a weather delay at the valves or no, I'm sorry, at the players. Um, and there's, so there's a weather delay. Obviously the weather was a nightmare yep. and he's over in the fescue and he's like slow playing it, trying to basically wait till he can throw a tee in the ground, pick his ball up. And then when he comes back, he can place it. I exactly. So, I mean, I, it's not cheating, but when you kind of have that yes. on your head already, you got to think, you got to know that everybody's got that target on you. Well, yeah. And I mean, that t you guys talked about the Daniel Berger thing, right? Mm-hmm. That was so bad. It was such a bad look for golf. Like, because well, okay, let's get your take real quick on it. Did you think he took? Do you think he wanted to drop in the wrong place? Yes, 
Of course. Yeah. Why would the other two guys be trying to screw him over? Oh, for sure. And and that's where like protecting the field comes in. Like you do need to have integrity even when it's not like I mean, how many times in high school where you'd see a kid cheating, you're like, It's not my score. Why do I I mean yes, within reason, yes. you know what I mean? Like you see a kid take drop a ball out of his pocket and you're like fuck, he's going to shoot 100, like, it doesn't matter. Right, right. But it's then like, then you come in, your teammate's like, oh, I shot 101, I really wanted to beat this kid. And it, he, <laughs> you know what I mean? For me, like, like and, and maybe this is, like, a bad thing, it's just, like, I'm not a snitch. <laughs> like, I, like I've, I, can't, I can't snitch. I, it's not in my blood. I feel you. Well, and there, there's a line that you have to draw somewhere, like. If, if a kid was competing for the, you know, to win against, me like i wasn't competing to win tournaments yeah so that first of all that's in my mind you know obviously my team is but i'm playing in like you know the fourth or fifth group of varsity so usually like it you know this kid's score is gonna get dropped anyway yeah and it's a bunch of like those are low-key the most fun because like my sophomore year i was like the four the the four on varsity and those are always the most chill kids yes because they just don't care near as much yes. or even if they do care they're just generally cooler right because you get paired with the ones the twos and they're just they're nerds yeah exactly they're just <laughs> clinching the whole time they don't want to talk to you yeah they don't want to bullshit with you it's like dude we got a day off school whatever when i was a senior i did play in some of the top groups and literally a kid freaked out at me for whistling <laughs> not even like while he was shooting i obviously or while he was hitting i wouldn't do that but like just Walking down the fairway, just like whistling. Oh, for He's sure. Like, Can you stop that, man? I was like, oh my god. Yeah, there's been so many different circumstances where I'm like, seriously. Well, and but I will say on in Daniel Berger's defense, you kind of black out when you hit a shot. Like, you're not watching it exactly in like yeah. frame of referencing it to the ground, so it's much easier. So just from take a, their word for it. I exactly. That that's what I was gonna say. Is he would have been better off not being so combative, but so like the first club championship that Spencer and I played in against each other. Um, if you haven't heard how that went, yeah, uh, yeah, everybody's heard, but when he hit one in the water on 18 to basically lose, he thought he hit it in the pond up by the green. Yeah. Like he was hell bent on set. He was like, I hit it in the greenside pond and our head pro at the time was, <laughs> basically out officiating it he's like you cross like 80 yards back of that oh, that's but, so awkward yeah and he had to and spencer was just kind of like frantic anyways right like, you're already like oh, feeling it yeah oh he was on full tilt like <laughs> he was not doing well as it was <laughs> <laughs> mentally like he was unstable at that point and then justin had to tell him that he's like no dude you you don't get a drop up by the green like you have to drop 100 yards from the green Ugh. and he I think the waterworks kind of started or pretty close to it at that point. I, I'm sorry, Spencer. I, but I can take solace in knowing. I can take solace in knowing I talk shit about him when he's here. So yes. I can talk shit about him when he's not here. Because yep. anything I say right now, I can say to his face. So I, I um, believe that. I'll say this. Um, I think there is like a little bit of like an embarrassment factor there for Berger where he's like, he put it so far up from what they thought it was. Yeah. If he just says, Oh, okay, my bad. Then it's almost like you're admitting or like you feel like you are admitting you just got caught cheating or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, he's like, I'm going to battle this out. So it looks like I actually believed it was here. <laughs> I didn't just want the, this nice drop. It, it, well, yeah, exactly. And you're basic. It's a lose lose because either one, you're doubling down on being a douchebag. Like if you like, 
when they they go, no, you definitely didn't hit it in here. He's like, yes, I did. And then and then you completely disagree with them, even though you're taking that drop. And he kind of he kind of conceded, but he didn't fully concede because he was like. I'll drop here if it makes you guys feel better. But, like, it's a bad drop. Yeah, I've never it, taken a bad drop in my career. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing was really embarrassing. Well, I, and Victor Hovland is such a nice dude. I know. Like, like, I just think that it should be a two out of three situation. For sure. Like, and he, you, he did get overruled there. Totally. But, like, it shouldn't have gone on for seven minutes. Yeah. It should have just been like, all right, so what do you guys think? They both say it was back there. It's two out of three. Sorry, you're, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And but it, the rule says all three players have to agree upon a spot. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's the other wild thing, too, about the PGA Tour is they have basically every shot on camera, especially when and they even have the shot tracer. So they went back to the shot tracer and actually found out that Hovland and Joel Dahman were correct. Like they he he ended up dropping in the correct spot. But at that point, it's like, do they need to take it to the do they need to go to replay? Like, I think they should start doing that in golf. Well, I guess they they can. Um, oh, they can. They can. Okay, but they didn't have. They only had the back angle there. They didn't have like the overhead or anything else. Gotcha. So they couldn't really see where it crossed. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you don't think you need eight different angles on thousands of golf shots every week, but right. they can all kind of. They all mean the same at the end of the day. So. All right, so I put my bracket together. Okay. Um, I try not to be a homer for my guy. Colin. Um, yes. Okay. So. I only have him going to the final four, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the end, it comes down to Patrick Cantlay versus um, Victor Hovland. Okay, with Hovland pulling it out. Okay, I mean they're both playing. Patrick's not playing great golf. Hovland's playing fantastic golf. I'd say he's one or one of the two or three hottest players in the world right yep. now, along with probably Scotty Scheffler and. I don't know. Those are my. Those would probably be my top two right now. Um, we'll get into our DraftKings Sportsbook and en- or Big Drive Energy picks of the week a little bit later because I I need to pull those up. I can't remember honestly who I chose to win. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I took Kisner as a dark horse. So he's like, and that's the other thing too is these odds are insane because. Like we said, there only 16 players get through, so you have to win your group, and then you have to advance all the way. But Kisner's that kind of match play dude. That's a bulldog, um, and he's his like game. He's in a group with Justin Thomas, Mark Leishman, and Lucas List. Like, it's it, un- these groups are just unbelievable. Like, yeah, and your Thomas winner is, could be out in the first round for sure. Exactly, and Thomas is playing probably. If I had to pick a third guy right now that's crazy hot, it's Justin Thomas because he's just playing fantastic right now also. Um, but my my favorite group, or one of my two favorite groups, is the group with the uh, Eng- the Englishman in it. Okay. Um, it is. Yeah, that's DeChambeau. Is that the one you're talking no, about? No, it's, okay. it's Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, and Poulter. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's that is a fucking hard group right there. Because like we were just saying, Scheffler's stupid hot right now. Fitzpatrick with the top ten last week, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, Fleetwood with the top ten last week, he's coming in pretty hot. And then Poulter, like we said, one of the all-time best match play players. Um, you never—it doesn't really matter what the status of his game is. 
he right. can show up and play his ass off. Like he just has that inherent thing in him that is really like you can't quantify it. But it's he, like he's like the Tom Izzo in Michigan State of this. Exactly. Tournament. It's like doesn't matter what they're. He seed can be is. a twelve seed. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna make a run. You know, he's always gonna fight it out to the last swing. So he's uh he's always electric to watch. I love see and I'll I'll get your opinion on this because I I grew up in high school and I really, really loved golf and I still do. But when I was really getting into it, I'd wake up and watch the European tour every morning. Mm. So I low key love a lot of these European tour guys. Right. Right. And there's so many people that have all the hate, especially from, from the U S like we are, uh, for these European dudes just because of the rider cut. For sure. And, and I'm one of those people. D- yeah. Sure. Okay. Like, so we're on different sides there. Like, um, the, the rider cup just, it, it's, it's a rivalry, right? So it's like, you're going to end up hating one side. Yeah, for sure. But also, it, it only happens once every couple of years. Like, I know, I know. I, I, I think still, you can still really I, – I just – the difference for me is the amount of, like, camaraderie they have on the European Tour versus the PGA Tour. It seems like they're all just, like, better friends. Mm. They're like that hockey team that top to bottom isn't, isn't the most talented – but they they have those gritty dudes yep. and they're all just playing for each other. Yep. And they somehow just figure out how to win. Like they're they're not on paper the best team, but they do it year in year out. I think it's one thing that I really love though about the the new generation of American players. Yeah. It feels like there's a lot more friendships and like bromances uh, sure. than there <laughs> used to be. You know, like you love like a Tiger Phil rivalry. Yeah. Which we always need that. But, like, it does feel like, you know, the Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, like, you've got all these guys who, like, very clearly root for each other and are good friends and post videos hanging out and stuff. For sure. I, I do like that. And the only thing I know is it's a little bit more low-key over on the DP World Tour now, with their, formerly the European Tour. So a lot of those guys over there travel together. They spend weeks upon weeks together. They room together. And over here in the U.S., it's so individualized because you're traveling with a team of six, seven, or eight of you. Like, I guarantee you there's a lot of guys on the European tour that don't have anybody. Like, they're literally traveling with their caddy. They don't have a psychologist, a trainer, a a putting coach, a swing coach. There's so many different, like, I would say it feels a little bit more like a business in the U.S. So Mm. that that was, that's what I would say is really the, the only difference it seems like, and obviously I haven't played out there so i can't attest to it but that's what i've read a lot about so i do like a lot of those european tour guys like i like paul casey a lot i like luke donald i like ian poulter i like henrik stenson the old guys yeah but see that was my that was my group like that's who i kind of grew up this is 10 years ago i'd i'd sit in front of the tv before school and watch fucking european tour and eat a bowl of reese's puffs when i get really in the in the zone with golf I'll watch anything. <laughs> like I wake up, just a golf slut. Just, I just wa- I wake up in the morning and I put on Golf Channel. I feel you. And whatever's on, I'm watching. Doesn't matter if it's men's, women's, European, American. Like I just want to see people hit golf shots. I feel you, dude. Yeah, and that's uh, it. It's such a maddening thing how addicting golf can get. And like we talked about a little bit with the season starting up, like there's something that just triggers it, and you're like locked in. You're you're ready to go. Like mentally, you're in it. So for usually that's the masters for me. Yeah. Like, and I feel like I've always felt like maybe I'm a little late 
when like the masters like kicks me into gear i don't necessarily think so i think that's our season here in colorado so that's I, true but something happened to me this week <laughs> that has completely sent me off way too early <laughs> And prematurely yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> set me off things are happening prematurely yeah, you absolutely could. So, <laughs> i believe it was monday morning and it might have actually been like saturday morning or something but One i get a, i get a text from spence that says hey do you and henry i haven't even told henry about this and he's sitting in the room so here you go henry. Hank just perked up uh he goes hey do you and henry want to play with me and mitch at cherry creek country club on may 16th and you're like, absolutely. And I was like, yeah, we're 100% in. Fuck yeah. But that's not for two, over two months. Right. Or two months, I guess. Basically it was like two, two mo months. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about having a tea time on the schedule that just <laughs> sent me into my golf spiral. But like, I'm already in like looking at the new clubs, looking at the drivers, like Scotty Cameron just dropped a new line of putters I'm doing that. Like I'm going to top golf tomorrow. I'm like. I'm like fully locked in and it's not good because it's freezing out right now. Right. Exactly. And that's why you can't let yourself get there. Like I'm there though. You got to think about like There's dogs. There's no turning or, back. You, you got, there is turning back. You got to think about other things to somehow get that out of your mind because once you're there, you're there, and there's no turning back at that point. I'm going to be grinding at the range like in, like, 64 degrees as soon as it happens, like, later this week. Any, I mean, it is supposed to be nice later this week. So, yep. yeah, I definitely get that. I think once I hear the Masters uh, song commercial on ESPN, it kind of just trips my trigger a little but bit. When, when do you usually play your first, like, round? of? Like, when's the last time you swung the sticks in Colorado? Um, Shit. Actually, I mean, it was so nice in December. I played, like, the week before Christmas. Wow. Kind of against my own will. Okay, like, it was, nice. like, a money game that I got invited to, and I literally had nothing going on that day. You're a gambling addict. I, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I love gambling, probably more than golf itself. It's just something I can gamble on. Um, and so I, I played the week before Christmas, and I just felt like a big piece of shit. Cause, uh. Well, because, like... And I know I work in the golf industry, so I probably sound like a douche. But I feel so like whenever uh, somebody walks, this. whenever somebody walks into the pro shop a week before Christmas, and they're like, "Oh yeah, golf," I'm like, "Fuck you!" It's <laughs> it is. I'm listening to Christmas music. It's Colorado. Like, why are we golf? It's it's not necessarily their fault. It's Mother but Nature's fault. You guys also fault. hate just people that golf in the winter. <laughs> yes. The people like that roll out for there the when one it's day when degree. the snow melts. Yeah. To get out there. Just that sweet spot where we just got a snow like two weeks ago, but it just melted and then it's snowing again the next day. That doesn't stop that person from it when it's fifty two degrees and we have almost two hundred people on the T sheet. Yep. I want to fight every single one of those people <laughs> that walks in. And they act so like it's essentially like uh if you're a teacher and all of a sudden students started coming to your house in the summer exactly saying, like, yeah Teach us. I exactly like this is our known <laughs> off season my mind is not prepared to see this many people in one day yeah. like i can't <laughs> it takes a lot of like building up to like get to that point where you can deal with that many people in a day and not kill somebody so mm. once we get to november december i don't want to see a, a single human being 
Like, not even Spencer. I'm like, stay the fuck away from me. Just let me do my thing. I want to hibernate. I need, like, four months. Exactly. I'm a bear. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i built like a bear, even. <laughs> I I want to eat, and I want to sleep. That's no, yeah. that. And maybe I can go play golf somewhere where it's warm. Like, I do that a lot in the winter, but... Okay, I, so last time... Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. Last time you got out there was right before Christmas. When's the next time you'll get out there? Probably maybe middle april okay all right maybe maybe and it's very weather dependent like i it's kind of the age-old tale when you're younger and you're into it you'll go out there and anything like i was that guy Mm -hmm. i was like one of one on the golf course at certain times where i was practicing if there was not frost on the ground i was practicing yep um but now i'm like fuck and it depends on the round too like if there's a good money game like we talked about love to gamble (laughs) Um, I'll get out there in 45, 50 degrees, but mm, I really me. don't go. I don't go fuck around in anything less than like 65. I don't understand the idea of like going out in 45 degrees and being cold outside for four hours. Yeah. And also the course is in bad shape. Exactly. Like I don't understand what I get out of that. So like for me, it's like once the course is green and it's over 70 degrees, I'll be there. I totally agree with you. And on top of it too, like. Your gain, your golf game is gaining nothing from a one-off. Yeah, yes. from a random winter round. That's the other thing. I need to be able, like, <clears throat> I've learned this in my years playing golf. You have to play two times a week minimum to keep any sort of momentum. Any sort of, yes. I- exactly, and like, I mean, I guess we kind of forget that golf is at its core supposed to just be fun no nope. like i i agree completely <laughs> i'm not i'm with you it's a competition with yourself to get better at all times exactly but so many people are like oh i just want it i just been craving it i want to get out there i'm like you're an idiot uh but <laughs> i respect that i don't have it like i don't want to play golf. that simple brain thought <laughs> like you're just that dumb that you don't care i just like i i have to me it's all about i'm building up to something right? exactly i'm trying to shoot my career low every yeah. season but it's all a it's i'm building up to it and i haven't done it in 10 years yeah so i i'm not it's not working yeah. but i'm definitely not just going out just for like the fun of playing there is a ton of like i yeah you know this i love golf like more than maybe anything else <laughs> um but i i play it for obviously like hanging you're hanging out with your guys you're you're doing whatever but it's all about getting better at golf like that's the only reason i play golf is to try to get better at it for sure like that is the one thing that may blows my mind more like there's a lot of things that blow my mind that i see every day at the golf course but one thing that i just can't wrap my head around is these dudes who are like 65 to 75 years old and play five times a week and they are dog shit. Like, they're just so bad. They have no intention of getting any better. Like, <clears throat> and they just literally go out there for fun. I'm like, what? what's fun about that? Like, yep, what's yep. fun about shooting 112 every day and you, like, come out the next day and do it again? I like, mean, it's I'm, like going to a Rockies game, though, right? That's true. Like, it's like, what's fun about watching the Rockies lose? I don't know, but I keep doing it. Yeah, I guess you got to have I guess it's ca- just the drinking. You it's just, an excuse to drink. <laughs> Well, a lot of guys, they do it for exercise if they're walking, which I do understand. Um, but, yeah, it's you got to have a short memory for sure. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the people who suck and just keep playing. No, I do I do respect that. But, like, where I where it loses me is when they, have, they feel no need to, like, improve. Uh, like, they're just super comfortable just being ass. Yeah. Like, I mean, everybody is ass when they start golf, but you kind of have – 
somewhat of a choice. And it's not like these retired guys have anything else right, to do. Right, like, right. they're not like, it's oh, like, yeah, I got up. five kids at home and I work 60 hours a week. Yeah, what I worry about, though, is, like, the people who are too afraid of being bad to do anything to make them better. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree. And that's what we've talked about on the podcast a lot. And that's I, – I will never knock somebody for starting – and wanting to learn and wanting to get better. Yep. It's just the fact of like being content in golf. I think that's inherently not what golf's about. Right. Like, no, it's a hundred percent. It's that's my favorite part about it. It's a game against yourself. Yeah. To get better. Exactly. And it doesn't matter if you, like I said, everybody, when they start their bat, nobody picks up a golf club and they're like, Oh yeah, I just shot even part of day. Like it just does. It doesn't exist. So everybody is bad when they start, but it's, it's that, that drive and that want to get better. And I mean, it, it is a commitment, but that's where those retired dudes. I'm like, you have all Practice the time in the world. Yes. Yeah. And, and they three putt all the time, but they'd rather come in and talk to me about their one twelve than go do anything to get better <laughs> at it. So that's uh, where, that's where I get a little lost. I'm like, how can you find that enjoyable when you've played four rounds this week? They're all you you haven't played well in any of them and you feel no need to do anything about it. So <clears throat> Henry, do you have a, a thing that triggers your golf kick other than the masters it's the masters, masters yeah that's for sure yeah when it starts the weather and the masters usually go hand in hand that, right? yeah middle of april stuff starts greening up oh the smell of the rain like and i do i don't mind playing in rain honestly like as long it can't be like a downpour to the point where you're just soaked everything you have is soaked but like a little sprinkle and like an overcast day i fuck with that like I really like um, a heavy rain for 10 minutes that gets you off the course and then just goes away. Yeah, and, and then, then the sun comes yeah, out, it, it smells soft, great. It smell, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, the whole bit. That's um, like the classic twilight round experience in Colorado. 100%, absolutely. Like 4, 4.35 o'clock. See, you, this is worse. This is making it worse. <laughs> I need to play getting golf worked up so right now. fast. You need a Roman swipe yeah. right now? <laughs> I, I need something. I need a cold shower. <laughs> My, a, cup of co- a strong cup of coffee and a cold shower. I'm, I'm, I'm over here looking at tea time <laughs> mid-podcast. <laughs> like it's an OnlyFans or something. By the way, speaking of, we, I, I like City Park, it is unbelievable. Even right now, you can't get a tea time. Yeah, that place is a joke, dude. But I got the – well, maybe I shouldn't tell people about this. I don't want more people to know about it. I found a way to get more advanced tea times. Okay. So How's that? Do you want to share? A pass you can buy. I don't want to. I don't want everyone to. Oh do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Everybody. Anyone or, can. W- what's look it, it up. called though? <laughs> the, the, I'm not. You don't have to no, say it. It's like the. It's like the Denver City Loyalty Pass. Okay. Basically, you pay for it, and it just allows you to book 14 days in advance rather than seven days in advance. Well, yeah, because uh, those are online. I'm sure they take them over the phone, but they can. You can start booking online tea times at like midnight two weeks out but the for the average person you can only do one week out yeah 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 so, so now you can do two it, if exactly you have the pass. but they generally fill up two weeks out like yes. if oh. you try to look a week out you're host how crazy is that dude dude it's insane before covid you could make a tea time on friday for the weekend yeah 100 percent. now nowhere in colorado now somebody calls me on tuesday for a tea time on sunday i'm like ah Good try. Yeah, we've been and booked since Sunday. Exactly, and that's just at Spring Valley. I mean, City Park is absolutely ridiculous right now. So I know I'm gonna try to <laughs> set an alarm 
in my phone for midnight for so they changed it okay they moved it back to 7 p.m okay that's good so it's a little better yeah because they're keeping these old people up <laughs> uh, so late and like. that's what they said they're like you asked we listen we're not gonna make everyone stay up till midnight to book their tea time but I'm going to try to get Friday at, like, 4.45 oh. at City Park every single week. Yeah, even, at, like, now that they have golf carts, the whole walking thing is kind of bullshit. I mean, I don't mind walking, but I'm not going to get stuck out on the 14th hole. Walking nine is completely chill. Yeah, oh, I, I have no problem with that. But there, there's so many people, like, when it was walking only, that they just didn't give a shit. And they'd end up on, like... The furthest corner of the property, and it's basically dark. Oh. And it looked like, do you remember that? Because we were, yep, yep. yeah, we were, we were playing there, together. Yeah. Um, who made the putt on eighteen to win it? Was that you or no, was that me? I chipped in on seventeen. You to chipped push in on se- it to eighteen. Okay, and then you drained a long one I on eighteen. Did, I did drain. A, I <laughs> I honestly wasn't trying to sound like a self righteous no, no. douche there, but I couldn't remember who made it. Because yeah, you made that one on seventeen. I made that one on eighteen, and it was virtually dark for both of those holes. Probably best shot of my life. <laughs> I, Plugged well, oh, in the lip. It's actually probably rivaled by the one I had at the bachelor party. Which one at the bachelor party? Out of the bunker, dunked it. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, and it yeah, you flew it right in the jar. In both times, I I turned to Mitch. So the first time I was plugged in the bunker, and I turned to Mitch, and I was like, Mitch, what do I do here? <laughs> And he was like, I kind of square the club face up a little more than you would and just give it a give it a good swing. Yeah, you just got to chop down on it, hope for the best. Chopped it out, made it. Yeah. Then that, at, at Spencer's bachelor party, I, I forget. Oh, Ball was way below your feet. Yes, ball was way below my feet. I'm like, how do I hit a bunker shot ball way below my feet with no green to work with? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even remember what you said. A- uh, aim, like le- aim left. <laughs> it's it's going to squirt out right. And you're like, really? It's going to squirt out right? And I – you. Apparently, you aimed in the exact right spot because it flew right in the fucking Just, hole. It went super high and dropped right in. Yeah, that was electric. Just I Honestly, watching a ball just go straight in the hole, the amount of outside factors that come into play there, you get a f- two miles an hour of wind because it's, what is that, four inches? I don't know exactly, yeah. Like, but th- it has to be so on point. That so it has to hit the pin at the right way so it, it goes down and exactly, not out. Exactly, at the right... You, you have to have the carry and the line on perfect. Like that, That's the only nothing, time I've ever done that. Yeah. No, that, that was electric. So uh, credit to you there. Let's get your second. Bra- who's your other favorite bracket to look out for this week? Okay. So I got um, that so, Rom and Reed. Yep. And then I love Shoffley, Finau, Herbert, and Kanaya. Mostly just for uh, Shoffley and Finau. Yeah. That, I, I do like that. Finau's been a little quiet lately, and I feel like Shoffley, he's been playing fairly well, but he hasn't gotten that big W yet. Um, I feel like he could emerge. You know, he's still waiting on that major win, so we'll kind of see if he can start trending in the right direction this week, building up to the Masters. And, like, he he has the potential to play well every week. There's no question about that. He swings it so pure. Yep. I would say his putting is eh sometimes, but overall, like every week he goes out there, he's got a shot. Yep. Yep. I, I, and I just, I love Big Tony. He's probably my second favorite. Yeah. He's, golfer. he's electric. And he, he's one of those dudes that's just an athlete. Like you watch, yep. everybody watches his swing, and it's like a three quarters backswing, if that. Mm-hmm. And he swings at 120, 125 miles an hour. Yep. Like it almost defies your logic when you watch it happen. 
and I have a shorter backswing, so I, I uh, yeah, and you create a lot of power too. So, uh, I'm I, I'm biased towards the <laughs> short swing. The kings. short swing. The shorts. Well, and that's the ironic thing is you look at Tony Finau and the dude's like six five. Like, just how much big... velocity could you generate if you went all the way back? Right. Well, have you seen? I think that he did one where like he got two hundred mile per hour ball speed because he took it all the way back. He took it like to parallel. Yeah. Well, because I think he was challenging Bryson. Was it something about that? Like he was, he was working with his instructor. I uh, I think he still works with Boyd Summerhays out in Utah. Yep. And he um, he was just messing around like at the end of a day, and he's like, I want to see how high I can get this. I think he got like two oh eight. Unbelievable. And the crazy thing is, he's been doing this since he was six. He turned pro when he was sixteen. Wow. Him and his brother Gipper both turned pro. They were on the big break. Do you remember? Yes, I loved the big break. Oh my Again, god! You watch the golf like when you're just an addict. Yes, that you was the golf channel. All it was day. on every Monday night, yeah. and me and Spencer were parked in front of the TV every Monday night waiting for big break. Um, so yeah, he turned pro at 16, and his story is actually really cool too. And just the fact that he's gotten to the point he got to because he was on mini tours for like six or seven years, and I don't know what his financial backing looked like or anything, but. He was legit on mini tours for a long time. Even though he started when he was 16, like, you kind of feel like it has a bit of a shelf life. Right. I'm not going to, like, why do you think I quit? Because I didn't get status anywhere. I didn't see myself really advancing, so I gave up after the mini tours. Like, you really have to love it and you really have to be passionate about it to not get results immediately and stick with it like that. Because then when he was, like, I want to say five years ago, he uh maybe six years ago he got canadian tour status he got through from the canadian tour to the now corn ferry tour in one year and then that next year he got through from the corn ferry to the pga tour wow and that started his run so he basically had three really good years um playing professional golf to the point where he is now made 10 plus million dollars on the pga tour probably much more than that but yeah. that's a low low guesstimate so yeah i do really enjoy tony finau just for that fact let me ask you something is there anything that you would have changed about your golf career if you could go back for sure yeah i would have um I, there's a lot of things that it, i know now that i didn't know then mm. and it, the tough thing too is it was kind of right when there was a lot of a lot more people trying to play professional golf so the qualifiers were very, like, tough to get into. Like, I tried to sign up for Canadian Tour qualifying one year, and it was, like, a hotline. Like, you had to call, 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 call. Jesus. So I, I called, like, middle of that day, the day it opened, thinking right. it was still open. I had the, the funds and everything. Like, we even did a fundraiser at Spring Valley for me to, like, pay for Canadian Tour Q School. And I called the middle of that day. And they were full with like 200 alternates and they Holy had four shit. different sites and they were all full. Wow. So even just getting the opportunity and knowing how to like efficiently go about it, like you, there is like host housing where you can save money. Cause to be fair, it, a lot of it does come down to money. Like I obviously yeah. still love golf and I, I felt like when I was playing my best golf, I could give it a decent shot. Um, but when you feel like you're throwing good money after bad, it gets very frustrating, and like I said, if you don't have, I I I lost a little bit of my will there a little, too, which is, in hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have, but you know, you kind of do what you do, and now I'm here. So, um, but there was a, a few times where I started to doubt myself, and 
Uh, I just I feel like it would be difficult not to just because of the time and money commitment that it requires. Yeah. He's like, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone for a certain amount of time, you're like, is, is this, am I going to marry this person? Yeah. Is this the same thing? Right. It's like, am I going, am I actually going to make it or am I just wasting my time and money here? I mean, that's exactly what relationships are too. (laughs) So you're right. Um, Yeah, dude, it's, there's definitely a fine line of, of like the next week could change your life. And once you lose that attitude, you should pretty much quit. And that's why I did quit. Cause I quit feeling like, Oh, if I just have a good start here, next like if the week. I, exactly like, and I think when you quit feeling that way, that's when you got to get out. Um, and that's just speaking from personal opinion. But like we talked about last week, honor bond Lahiri for the last three years, he had a really good run in like 2017, 2018. And then for the last three years, he's been awful. He went from the 32nd ranked player in the world to, like, 350th. Like, he's plummeted. And he did an interview, like, two weeks ago where he was like, one week can change my life. And I feel like I'm right there, and one week can do it. Like, and there was even other professional golfers on Twitter, like, wow, that I respect that. Like, it's not saying it's naive, but they're – it's you just, have to be naive. It, you have to be a little bit naive. And the next week he goes out at the players, or two weeks later he goes out at the players, finishes second, cashes over $2 million. And, like, he didn't win, but that changed his fucking life, 100%. Yep. Yep. Changed his golf career. So that is probably my biggest regret is not going about it efficiently enough and also just giving up before I and, – and it's always a shoulda, woulda, coulda. So I don't really – I mean, I love where I'm at now and all that. That's yeah. kind of beside the point. But that was one of the, the sad things when I was like, is this worth it? And is it worth – like, what it comes down to is you have to have enough money to not it, – it, To not one, sweat out every it, Exactly. Unless you're built different where there's guys where – and I feel like it's getting even more increasingly popular. Um, and I definitely – if I was a financial advisor, I wouldn't tell somebody to do this. But there's guys that take out – thousands of dollars worth of credit card debt Mm. um they're basically gambling on themselves and i mean it is anyways but you're even gambling with money you technically don't have right so totally i wouldn't advise that but then again when if you can if you can talk somebody out of their dream in 10 or 15 minutes it's not really their dream totally so there's (laughs) i mean i've talked about this with a, a lot of different people and that's really the challenge of when do you get logical about it? Right, like, right. Like, because there's thousands of guys out there doing what I did, throwing money, good after bad, you know, and they'll have a good start here, or there, whatever. But they just, you gotta, you gotta know when to call it. But then again, like, if you're not all in, you're all out. Like, it also like a relationship a little bit. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I think <laughs> you answered that really well. Like, there, you have to be naive. Yeah. To even get anywhere. But at a certain point you can't you, you have to be logical. You just have to know when the right time is to you know, and, it, and obviously it seems like for you it just kinda came naturally. Like yeah. you weren't planning on it, but all of a sudden you started losing the naivety. Yeah, exactly. And then when I hurt my thumb and I like couldn't pick up a golf club for like a year, that like it's pretty much derailed it. Point. Exactly. I was like, Am I really gonna try to do this again like i i just i just didn't feel like i had it in me and that's like the sad thing to admit but that's like <laughs> where i was at and yeah. i i i've always been pretty honest with myself and that's i feel like um 
been a blessing and a curse because I, I feel like logic is a pretty good thing to use, generally speaking. <laughs> but then again, you tell, like I said, a lot of dreams aren't really logical. And if you told everybody that they're probably not going to make it, then nobody would be out on the PGA Tour. Nobody would yeah, yeah. be in the NFL and the MLB. Like, But you, I think a lot of athletes can relate to that experience, right? For sure. Yeah, I would agree. And the, the real challenge with golf, it, I mean – Obviously, every individual is playing for themselves on a team, but <clears throat> bad performances can get masked by other players. You can have a, a decent to under average game, but if your team wins, you still don't feel like horrible about it. With golf, it's just 100% on you, and your mental stability has to be even better than your physical ability. Right. Yep. That, sure. That's really the challenge, and that's where – like, that's where – the differences between mini tour players and PGA tour players is just that mental understanding of, and not maybe not even understanding, but just defying understanding that you need to defy logic and you need to, to beat it because you can't beat yourself in your head before you even tee off. So that's the very long winded version <laughs> of why I quit playing professional Sorry to bring golf. Up, if that was a oh source. no, dude, not at all. I, I, there for a little while, like the last, the few years after I pretty much was done, I kind of lost my identity because there for like a good chunk of time, golf was my identity and that's how everybody knew me. A lot of athletes can definitely relate to that. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I didn't even play near, like I played at a high level, but I didn't play on the corn Ferry or the PGA tour. So I can't even imagine how those guys feel and to, to give it up. Like you just feel like you're losing yourself like you're losing who you are yeah so i i did struggle with that for a while but now now i'm a club pro and i just feel like i'm living the dream every day so i just couldn't be a luckier dude (laughs) hell yeah uh for me i mean i obviously didn't go anywhere in my golf career but i do regret one uh not practicing more um for sure like you obviously just fall in love with playing that's the fun part yeah um but i didn't i didn't practice nearly enough but even then i don't think it would have mattered because of the other thing that i regret which i didn't get strong like someone when i was young told me you shouldn't lift weights as a golfer because it'll mess up your swing yeah and i let that linger in my head for my whole golf career and then after i stopped playing golf competitively started getting in the gym, got a lot stronger. And then I went back on the golf course and I was like, wow, this is so much easier. Yeah. Oh, there's a d- definitely a part to, and, and that's even the crazy thing about like when we were in high school versus now, the amount of information that's been yep. uncovered in golf in the last 10 years, yep. it has ch- completely changed the game. Like the, the way even teachers used to teach 10 years ago, I'm not saying it was wrong, but there was some stuff that, I mean, let's be real. It, some of it was factually incorrect, yep. like that they could get away with saying because there was nothing to back them up. Yep. Golf always used to be taught off of a feel, and now it, you can quantitate it. So that makes a world of difference. And the other thing that someone told me was like, don't get lessons. If you have a naturally good swing, don't let a coach mess with it. Yeah. And I just think that's, I, I disagree with that now. Like, especially just spending time with you and Spence over the last couple of years, like getting advice from you guys has made me so much better. So I'm like, I should have been seeing a golf pro 
every week that I was trying to pursue anything with golf. Yeah, well, and, and honestly, like, I don't disagree with you, but I had a, an instructor right when I turned pro. I felt like I needed to do – that's another – one other thing I'd say I, I do regret is wh- I think when everybody turns – gets to another level or wants to take their game to another level – they feel like they have to do something different. Mm. So I ended up going to an instructor and changing my swing a little bit. And I honestly still struggle with those changes that, because I'm, I'm not going to go into the logistics of it, but it changed my swing to the point where I struggled so mightily with my ball striking for a couple of years. Like it kind of like made me lose the will mm. to play. And now I know what I was being taught was pretty much, false wrong, yeah. yeah it was wrong and like not and hypothetically like i can't say it was wrong wrong but i'm willing to i'm willing to say it definitely didn't help me and it, it de- i could see a visible loss of control in my golf swing because mm. i was never a long hitter anyways and i felt like i relatively speaking like i i'm not a long hitter but i get it out there enough you're a pitcher that paints the corners right I- exactly i'm i'm greg maddox i'm not yeah. fucking Araldus chapman <laughs> yeah. so uh that's that was kind of my game and i kind of changed my game a little bit because i felt like i had to do something different to get to that next level instead of just sticking with what got me to that point yeah. where i felt like i was playing really well and able to kind of take that next step so I, there's definitely two sides to it and that's where finding like a teacher that you vibe with and you yes, 100%. You, and that you can just be honest with like i would almost <laughs> compare it to like getting a haircut and i know that sounds weird but when you're comfortable enough with your like hairstylist to be like don't or like please can you do this can you fix this like i don't like the way that looks yeah you don't just sit there and you take it and you you're like oh well fuck it, it i mean it's kind of a loose loose comparison Analogy, yeah. but also with the golf swing like there's so many kids that go to an instructor and they take everything they say for gospel. They don't say anything. Like they, doctors, honestly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and it, getting that second opinion or, or being willing to combat what, not even combat what they say, but question what they say and have a conversation. Ask, yes. it, exactly. Because there's so many golf instructors that will tell you to do something and you're like, well, why? And they don't have an answer for why. And there is a lot of instructors that do have that answer, but you need to find somebody that's willing to talk to you about that kind of thing. Well, Allie pointed that out about you, and I had never thought of it that way, but Allie was like, Mitch, when he gives you a tip, never gives you a tip without telling you why. Yeah. Um, and I think it's such a great thing. Like, I would literally encourage anyone to get lessons from you if you <laughs> want the business. RK is pumping my tires. I appreciate because it. Because it's true. Like, you just make it make sense. And it's so much easier to execute something if you understand why you're doing it. If someone says, you know, like, you need to get your hips through or whatever. Like, yeah, you're like trying to think like I have, a, I had a problem for years of literally shooting my hips. Cause I thought that's what it meant to get my hips yeah. through. You're, you're moving your hips laterally towards the target because you thought that meant that's getting your hips, getting through. the hips through. Yeah, was. Right. Finally, you were like, no, you got to try and get your left ass cheek in your right back pocket. <laughs> and I'm like, that makes sense. Like, exactly. You know, you're like you're trying to turn your, yeah. So I, well, I appreciate the compliment. Dude. Yeah. That, that but, really means a lot. And I, I like to, like I said, what I what I know now, I try to implement that into my teaching, and that's why I'm more than open with any kid that really wants to get into golf and, and really is passionate about it because I don't want somebody, and I'm not going to be this guy. I'm 27. I'm not 70, <laughs> but I don't want to 
if if somebody if I can help somebody not go through the struggles I went through mm. unnecessarily, I don't want them to because golf's hard enough. Like yep. getting out there and pursuing your dreams hard enough, and then struggling with logistics and and what you're doing and what to do with your swing and you know, there's just so many things that encompass it that sometimes actually going on playing golf's the last thing on your mind, and that's what matters. Right. So it just like taking a lot of that off your plate is such a big deal. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed that little conversation. It was, we had it was there. good stuff. Yeah, I've I've never really. I mean, I've talked about that a little bit, but I've never really like completely laid out. And it is. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not sad about it, but it is a little disappointing to, like, hear it come out of my own mouth. Cause, yeah. like, but I can admit that, you know, that shit went wrong, and that's kind of how it went. And, I mean, here we are. So, uh, I just feel pretty lucky to be sitting here doing, with a, doing a pod with you right now. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to touch on my last group that I'm looking out for at the Waste – or yeah. <laughs> the Dell. I don't know why I want to call it the Waste Management. The Dell. The Dell match play. Um so, group three is Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Tringali, and Sepp Straka. Yeah. That's and stuff. I, Tringali's not a throwaway, but he's, he hasn't been playing, like, great golf lately. But other than that, Hovland's one of the hottest players in the world. Zalatoris is a top ten machine. And Straka is coming off of, he went win, miscut. And then, like, a top five finish last week. Yeah, and he's been playing well all the way back since the Olympics. Yeah. we're Yeah, he's Austrian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was, like, leading through two days or one day. Yeah, no, and he's – I mean, he's a good – really good player, obviously. But now he's finally emerging and making a name for himself on the PGA Tour. So, And he's one of those higher-seeded guys that you could see making a run just because yep. – simply because how well he's playing right now. So, um all right. Is it, do you have anything else on the, the match play? Nothing. I'm excited for this. Um, it is fun. Golf needs to do a better job marketing this type of stuff. I agree. Like, I feel like I am definitely the target market for this. For sure. And I didn't really know about it until you pointed it out to me. <laughs> yeah, today. for sure. Um, so it's like, this is cool. Everyone's obviously into brackets right now. Absolutely. You should be totally, you know, doubling down on that, like calling it like March Ladness or something. <laughs> Um, I like that. I for like the lads. Um, <laughs> for the lads. <laughs> uh, like, do, you know, you should be diving into that, being like, this is our thing. This is, you know, it's going to be fun. Like, I haven't seen anything about it. Um, and I feel like this is a really cool event that, and I'm excited. I'm now excited to watch it, which I would never would have even considered it before you pointed it out to me. I totally agree. I honestly think that they could benefit from, I mean, it's a big ask, but pulling Dana White from the UFC and getting him over to the PGA Tour with these matchups. Like, imagine if both guys had to, like, stand and go face-to-face. Right. Like, they have Bruce Buffer, like, on the first tee calling him out. I think that would be electric. It would be, yeah. Just marketing the players individually against each other. I know, obviously, the UFC and the PGA Tour are on the opposite spectrums of of the sport, or sports in general. If there's even some people that call golf not a sport, which that's a – Totally different topic that there are plenty. Yeah, and they're all fucking wrong. But they are. Uh anywho, I like you said, their marketing could be much better for this. They need to. They just mar- they market the shit out of the majors. Yeah, and the waste management, and like maybe one or two other events, but like stuff like this really falls through the cracks. I agree. Like they need to highlight group events and match play. Anything that's a little bit different. Yes. Like not just your normal four day stroke play event. 
at some random golf course in Florida or Arizona or Texas or what. I mean, and there's always stories. I think like, I think they should be doing more different styles of events. Like they should have a a massive purse for a four man scramble (laughs) and let the players make their own teams. That, yeah, that would be wild. Like, well, and get like, realistically, I don't want to just for the sake of argument, the Saudi tour that it's going to be two man teams and they're going to like draft them. And so they, they are almost going that route a little bit with, and the purses are massive too. Like, I mean, they are bringing something a little bit different to the table, which could bode well for them because they're full steam ahead at this point. Tell me you wouldn't watch a four man scramble. Oh my God. $5 million purse or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so electric. And, and the only tough thing is like where, how how low can these guys really go? Like that's what would be so electric about it. You'd have like forty sixes, forty sevens, yeah, like sh- shit like that. And but I feel like there'd be such a bunched up group. Like, okay, real quick, what do you think the high score would be of a four person PGA Tour scramble? I honestly think the high score would be like seventeen under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. They're like, oh, we had an off day. There's no way they're not birdieing all the par, like all the par fours. Totally, yeah, they're birdieing all the fours. Um, I think. I've I think t- the team that wins goes even lower than birdie on every par three and four, and eagle on every par five. It, exactly. Like yeah. someone chips in, or like hole in one. Y- yep, I would agree with that. Like either uh, a short par four, they make eagle. Or, like you said, they hole out from the fairway on a par four. Yeah. Um, well, so, quick story. When I was down in Florida for the Junior Ryder Cup Academy, I can't remember if I told you this or not, but the first round of the di- or of the week was a scramble just to get to know everybody. Like, it was just yeah. kind of a, a fuck-around day. And Doug Gim was there, who's now on the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. who was in contention. I mean, he's be- he's had a really good season. He was in contention at Sawgrass. Uh, but his group shot 48, so 22 under par. Right. No they, string. Or, or no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No mulligans, no string, no bullshit, no shooting a tee shot out of a cannon, <laughs> like just out there golfing your ball, and his team made uh, 14 birdies and four eagles. So Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, that's when I – he's just he was built different then, and he's <laughs> still built different now. So, uh, yeah, that – that was kind of one of those where you're like, yeah, they're fucking good. Yeah. But I think that that would be electric. The PGA Tour does need to to utilize more resources. Like, even doing tournaments at a non-typical venue, I think, would be really cool. Like, like a Muni. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, dude, the Muni in Charleston that I played in in February is, like, a top 100 public course in America. But it's, it's municipal. And the layout is amazing. And I mean, it comes down to a lot of logistics and shit, yeah. but doing like a mountain event, that's not in Reno. Oh. Like what a turd. Yeah. Like, oh, do it at that place. They did the the match. Exactly. At, uh, uh, was that moonlight basin? Yes. Yeah. And that like, place looks unbelievable. But also imagine that at altitude. Yeah. Uh, letting those guys See, play a scramble. Yeah, like, exactly. Just hitting 450 yard drive. It's like when baseball players come to Coors Field, they're licking their chops like this ball's going to go a fucking mile. And that's, I mean, Tom Brady was hitting it almost 350 with with roll, um, which I guarantee you he doesn't do at sea level. So, I mean, that would be something super electric that the PGA Tour could do. Mic up all the players, you know, do all that stuff. Dude, we should just have the PGA Tour hire us for marketing. Yeah, for real. Um, Yeah, because it's, 
I don't. Is there a CBA? And I don't think I there no is idea. because there's not a because they're all uh, they're all independent contractors, contractors technically. So I I don't know if there's any sort of union or not, but I know that if they unionized. that's the only thing I could see being a reason why they wouldn't have like mic'd up because I know. There's stipulations with that in the NFL, correct? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm sure the players have to agree to I, it. I think there's, yeah, there's some sort of agreement with what they can share mic'd up or just any. Player, like teams get last cut or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but there's a lot more the PGA Tour could do. Either way, we're sitting here marketing the Dell match play for everybody. So, and honestly, I will, this last thing on this event, the course itself is badass. Like. It's right on the ri- is it I, I don't know what river runs through Austin big ass river but it's right on the, the river Rio Grande I don't know that- <laughs> it could I mean that that would add up it's a big <laughs> ass river um, but it's an awesome course there's a lot of really good uh, match play holes like that can change uh, the the outlook of certain matches the one par five on the back nine that. It's got the water all up the left. It would be the Colorado River that oh, runs God through damn. Austin. Oh, Wow. A little piece of Colorado down in Texas. Yep. That's good to know. Learn something new every day. Um, but, yeah, the golf course is awesome. It's it's a great match play course. A lot of big swing holes, drivable par four, short par three, where Sergio made a hole-in-one to, to advance, I think, just last year. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of electric holes out there. Everybody uh, – if you don't have anything to watch this weekend, which I know March Madness is on again, I get it. But up. mix in some golf. Yeah. yeah. Two screen it. Do what you got to do. Um, so now we are going to get to our tweet of the week. Uh, try to find a, a funny golf tweet. Uh, we discussed it a little bit. And what better guy to give us our tweet of the week than Club Pro Guy? He is our, he's me and Spencer's spirit animal because we know exactly what he goes on or what he goes through on a regular basis. But he makes it funny, absolutely hilarious. So his tweet this week, members, I'm getting a ton of complaints about the new hashtag white tee box on six, but if you can't handle a 240 force carry, maybe find a different sport. Hashtag pickleball. (laughs) So, I mean, that's a, it's obviously great, but what do you feel like is too far of a carry? First of all, I love this brand. Um, it's like the three-year Letterman or like any of these like troll- fifth year. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, um, percent. How far is too far of a carry? I feel like that's right at the number two. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's. But think about it for the white team. So like yeah, old right. dudes. So I'm I'm thinking for me like yeah. I would be pissed if I saw a 240 yard carry. Yeah, I um, mean it's definitely not short by any means. Um, but I should be I should be able to carry that. I don't know. I mean, doesn't feel like 200 is probably the the longest you could possibly do from there. But even then, I'm trying to think like, who plays the white tees? Like old, older, yeah, dudes. older dudes generally. Like I'll tell you this: you know, 14 out at Spring Valley, the the one in between the two trees. Um, yes. After the par three, so from the black tees, it is like a 230 carry to the fairway. Um, from the very back tees. Wait. Where you almost kind of have to fade it. Which is 14? So, the par 3, 13. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah. 14, the dog leg right. It's not a long hole because once you get to the fairway, it's basically your 150 out. Yep. But it is – actually, I mean, I take that back. It's 420 from the back tee. So, you do have to get it like 260, 270 to get it to the fairway from the black tee. Um, wow. Yeah, so – but at elevation, it doesn't feel 
That tee box fucks you up, man. <laughs> I love it, dude. It's, it's a, one of my favorite tee boxes on the course. It's a great hole, but it's like the the play would be to fade it for me as someone who fades the ball. The play would be to aim essentially like left of the fairway and bring it back because it dog legs so hard. Yeah, exactly. But when you stand on that tee box, you want to hit it over that tree. Right. And that just fucks with your head. A hundred percent. And then sometimes I get that harebrained idea to like draw it because there's a gap between that tree and the tree to the right of it. Yeah. And it just like nothing is more crispy than at least to my eye than like slinging a draw right between that gap because then you can get it running down the fairway get it up on the left side but i will say on 14 our white tee box is like 120 yards 100 or no it's probably like 150 yards to carry it to the fairway and you wouldn't believe how many dudes we have complaining oh that can't get it and that, god like granted i don't want to sound like an ass some of them are 80 plus yeah, yeah like yeah. so they they're definitely older and we actually are creating a senior tee out of spring valley this year for that reason because there is a few carries out there, and Spring Valley is generally very playable, 90, 90% of the holes. I'd say there's two holes that can be. The next hole also has, like, the force carry. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that that tweet was hilarious. Like, if you can't hit it this far, then just get out. The first um, response is someone who fell for it, saying, <laughs> if you can't understand that some seniors can't do a 240-yard carry but still play, uh, and want to keep playing, then maybe find another job. Not a member, but struck by your attitude. <laughs> Dude, and there's nothing better than reply guy uh, that oh, yes. that doesn't know. And then that's like what everybody, like all of his fans are waiting for, is somebody to reply with that. Of and course. then just troll the absolute Second shit response, the 240-yard carry is ridiculous for member play. But for anyone that's not a low handicapper, you're saying anyone who can't hit a drive 240 in the air should give up golf? <laughs> just, just big mad just so oh my upset. god that's this is the best he gets everyone oh my god dude like and there's nothing more electric on the internet than when you you tweet something or it, i've never really done it i don't know if well you've done it a few times like t purposely tweeted something to like stir not stir the pot but if you it's know you know yeah, yeah exactly. if you know you, you gotta know be in on the joke but then when somebody doesn't know that's almost better than the tweet itself Yes. Like, they just bite so hard but on it. I'm too nice to then, like, dunk on that person <laughs> and, like, you know, like, call the dogs to come get them. Right. So, like, it's not as fun for me. Like, I, I literally had this happen last week, and I had to, like, I responded to, like, 40 people being like, this is a joke. Because <laughs> I just felt bad for them. You, you should have just doubled down, dude. That <laughs> Just retweet them. <laughs> exactly. And just, just let, let everyone your, else Let your followers, it. yeah, just uh. let your followers do their thing. But, uh... Your fo I think your followers are overall too nice for that. I don't think that – I'm sure you get some shitty ones here and there, but you just have a lot of, like, encouraging people. And yeah, people, not, people are great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot worse fan bases. I, yeah, I mean, I honestly – not to get into this, but, like, I, I stopped posting a lot of, like, takes on Twitter just because I can't handle the people with – terrible opinions but i i get telling where, me i'm an idiot yeah well and that's that's like the challenge i feel like for you and i mean not necessarily me because i don't you have quite the following and <laughs> i'm my following significantly smaller but um like you you just have to own it and that's oh, for sure. that's like the challenge of like imagine being nick Wright. that oh, dude is the stupidest but he doesn't read it 
Well, he can't. Like, you know. but even just his takes, like he can't believe those. Yeah, yeah, he no. Can't, like, he knows he's doing a shtick and he, it, he's exactly. there to fire people up. So he probably doesn't care. He likes it. For me, it's like, I, I do read every single response. <laughs> yeah, you know. And do you think I, you'll ever get to the point where you don't? Hopefully, <laughs> um, but like I read every single response, and I. When I was younger, I was much better at not giving a shit when someone like called me an idiot or whatever. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about getting older, but I the the temptation to respond to those people and just get into them keeps getting stronger and stronger. So now I'm like, I'm just gonna separate myself by like saving the opinions for the podcast. If someone wants to listen to the podcast, and they're at going, least you can monetize that yeah, opinion. Yeah. Like, well, I'm like, if they're gonna give me an hour of their time, right. they're they're totally welcome to tell me that I'm gonna do it. <laughs> totally, yeah, like that. That's actually a good way of thinking about it. Like, what's like, tell them to listen to the pot. Like, if you don't like my or opinion or whatever, listen to the podcast and tell me what you think. Like, yeah. But yeah, Twitter takes are a, uh, it, Twitter is just the most wild invention ever, I think. Like, right there with TikTok is just, uh, it, it's so good and so bad at the same it's time. Totally. It's what you make of it. Oh, 100%. Um, well, before we finish up here, let's do our, fairway or four for the week so for any of those of you who don't know we basically it's uh we have a take about sports or about anything in this world non-golf can be golf and we have to tell each other our opinion we take each other's and tell each other our opinion on it so if it's fairway that's straight it's right if it's four it's wrong i disagree um so ryan let's Let's see what you got. All right. I've got two here. They're both um, food and beverage based. Okay. Um, first one, cranberry juice, top three juice. 100%. Yes. Let's go. Yes. That's fair way. And I honestly, if you'd asked me that like three or four years ago, I would have told you to fuck off. Like, I feel like as you get older, it's almost, I don't know. This is kind of a loose comparison. I'm really good at those, but I feel like it's almost like gin. It's almost like the bitter things that when you were younger, mm, you're yep. like, oh, this is disgusting. Like, yep. I can't do this. To where you get older, like, vodka cranberries, I, like, inhale those. Like, those <laughs> those in the summertime, those are basically my blood. That's, it sucks for me because I don't drink vodka. Okay. Um, I don't like what it does. <laughs> it, it's not like a drunk thing. It's like a head thing. It goes. It's like a brain drunk. Okay. I don't like it. Um, but I love cranberry juice and like cranberry whiskey is like, okay. It's not, yeah, great. that's, that's like bitter on bitter, but something about, I just think cranberry juice is so refreshing. Henry and I just got into this on bets. Did he disagree? Yeah. He thinks cranberry juice is terrible. See, he, that's cause he doesn't really young. drink. Like <laughs> I, once you drink it, it's one of those things. Once you drink enough of it, you grow to love it. Like Fair. I, I can totally see where you're coming from there. All right. Other one, cinnamon life, top three cereal. Yes, dude. No, let's go. I let's love go. cinnamon life. I <laughs> I really don't I will say I don't eat that much cereal anymore. Me either. But when I found cinnamon life, it was I was like probably 17 or 18. And plus it kind of gives you that like fake feeling that you're eating something healthy, like life cereal healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's not like hor it's not horrible for you compared to some cereals. Yeah. But it tastes so like there is nothing better, and I'm, like, a huge milk guy, which I don't know where you stand with dairy products. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on milk. Um, 
like the taste of the milk after the life, oh, the cinnamon God. life. It's almost as good as cinnamon toast crunch. I, exactly. But it's not <laughs> just shoveling sugar into your face. Exactly. Like it's almost like that right not sweetness. It's got just enough sweetness where it's not like in your face like you might as well be eating a bag of gummy bears. <laughs> but it's got that great cinnamon flavor. Yeah, dude, I fuck with that. Um, Why isn't cinnamon milk just packaged and sold? Like everyone likes their cinnamon toast crunch milk and their cinnamon life milk we should just put cinnamon milk in a bottle i would love that right like, dude that could be a, an invention it like could be big like uh like fruity pebble milk yeah, yeah. oh my god there's uh, reese's puffs milk i, I want to i mean i've seen they do the cinna dust you can literally no just shit. buy the cinnamon sugar from cinnamon toast crunch oh my god um so maybe well, they maybe they're already ahead of us real quick real quick give me your top three cereals while we're here Okay, I mean, <clears throat> Cinnamon Toast Crunch, just like straight up for the flavor, is the best one, in my opinion. It's so good. Okay, I, my only rebuttal there is the texture when it gets, if it gets soggy, yeah. it's terrible. It's not, it doesn't. If it gets soggy, you're just not eating it fast that's enough. That's true. You gotta, <laughs> but I feel like you kind of gotta move. Like, you can't casually eat a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You gotta fucking get after it. Fair. All right, number two would be Cinnamon Life. Okay. Number three, hmm. I don't know. I, there's so many options. There is a shitload of options. Do you have a, a, your top three off the top? I do. Like, okay. Maybe you'll inspire uh, me. Okay. I, I'm going to sound like a child. Uh, but my other two, I would I would put Cinnamon Life in there probably at three. Number one, Fruity Pebbles. Like, wow. Okay. I don't just, like the fruity ones. Oh, dude. I like just there's something about it. It's maybe just because. I was a just it's like nostalgia. It, it's, maybe I just haven't been happy since I was <laughs> ten. Like that could be a yeah. It's the nostalgia of it for sure. But and then would you consider Cocoa Puffs and Reese's Puffs in the same category? They're both puffs. Yeah, all allowed. Okay, that. so yeah, I'll I'll take those two as my number two then. Like okay. the puffs, Cocoa Reese's Puffs, top titty. Like you're basically eating dessert. I think I'm it's, going um, number three, Captain Crunch. Okay. I do that. Is, I never really ate it growing up, but that one was always fire. Like, I think that was always the one I had at my friend's house. And, you know, you like go home and you just don't think about like, yeah, yeah. and your mom doesn't buy it or whatever. But when you're over at that friend's house, you're like, I want Captain Crunch. It's like a very distinct flavor from all the other ones. Can you even say exactly what it is? No. <laughs> it See, has like I feel like it's weird... almost fruit. Well, the, the little colored yeah, ones are fruity. Yeah. yeah the, uh, but. What are those called? Captain Crunch with the crunchy crunch uh, balls. I don't cr know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, okay, well, that I feel like that was good. Yep. yep. So, All right. What's, what do you got for me? So you're obviously our Broncos guy, yep. and a lot has been talked about the AFC West. Yep. Um, one of the best. The I, I think we can now say undisputed best division in football. Maybe ever. May really yep. that's that's a take i mean i really i'm not gonna lie i haven't done enough research no to... i used mace as my resource on okay that. He was yeah like, he's like an encyclopedia paper, right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. he knows he could tell you you know the starting quarterbacks for all four teams in the nfc east from 1988 yeah that's in that's my that's beyond my realm um but so bart scott i don't know what you think of his opinions everybody's got takes you know, and I was watching Get Up this morning, which 
is it's better than first take. Let's put it that way. If I'm going to turn, yeah, yeah I've, I've I actually can... been going like NHL Network and watching. You ever watch there. Good Morning Football? Yes, That's I love Good Morning. Best. Yes, it's so much better than all but, the take shows. But it is tough when it's the off season. I mean, I did. I have watched it quite a bit, but now that everything's kind of cooled down, like I feel like it's a lot of repeated narratives. And I like I love football more than fucking anything, but. Um, I like hearing about the NBA a little bit too. So I usually I'll watch Get Up and then either NHL Network or NFL Network. All right. Um, but Bart Scott today had uh, his top five teams in the AFC. Oh yes. Okay. I didn't know did, who did, said this, but I saw the graphic. He left the Chiefs out of his top five. So having said that, he had the Chargers at three, the Broncos at five, mm-hmm. um, the Bengals at one, which I feel like is a bit of a stretch. They went to the Super Bowl. But anywho, Bills at two, I'm sure. But yeah, Bills at two, and who's four? Uh, Chargers, um, Patriots. No, I'm trying to think who. Yeah, they're I, in there. I can't. Wasn't the Raiders? It wasn't the Raiders. I can't put my finger on it. Okay, if it anyways. comes to me. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you think this fairway or four, top to bottom, just roster on paper? Are the Chiefs the third best team in the AFC right now? AFC or AFC West? I'm sorry. Well, the AFC West. I got to go four on that. Okay. And it's just because of the quarterback. Like, I think that the the Chargers love is just the dumbest thing ever. I complete. That was going to be another thing that I wanted to talk about because, and you tweeted it exactly, like, what has that franchise done ever. with any of all the talent that – They've been saying the same shit for 20 years. Right. Like, they're almost the Cowboys of the AFC. I mean, you can name off some incredible players. Junior Seau, LaDainian Tomlinson, Phillip Rivers, Dan Fouts. You know, you go through the list of, like, great, great players that uh-huh. play there. Literally one Super Bowl, they got their asses beat. Uh, so yeah, I, I totally agree I'll, with you there. They're going to have to prove it to me before I ever believe in them. Like, everyone's, you know, all over Herbert's dick. He still hasn't even been to the playoffs. I know, dude. They, they, but it's just the West Coast love, especially now that they're in L.A. Like, so. they just have that much more of a reason to to f- fucking bl- pump their tires every week. And it's like, dude, what have they earned whatsoever? They've earned nothing. And they did make some good acquisitions, but. I, it, to me, it's bron- it goes Broncos or Chiefs are one and two. Um, and then Chiefs and Chargers are three and four. Or Chargers and Raiders are three. Three and four. I would agree, and I mean, even the Raiders got a lot better too. So they did, but I, I mean, they're, they're still, also still the Raiders. Yeah, they're the they're still fourth, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting take, and I mean, realistically, they are losing some key pieces, but I still I, think I loved the take just because it got tra- Chiefs Twitter all riled. Oh, up. dude, and I just ate that shit up because, and and I'm a homer. I think we can agree with that, <laughs> um, but them saying that the Broncos are going to miss the playoffs and shit just makes my blood boil. Like, having the roster that we have, bringing in Russell Wilson, and them constantly saying we're a quarterback away, and that's exactly what Bart Scott said. He's like, how many years have we been saying the Broncos are a quarterback away? And now they go out and get pro- – uh, where would you land Russell Wilson in your hierarchy of quarterbacks in the league? It's hard to Between say. Between five and ten? Yes. Somewhere – I had this conversation with someone the other day, and, like, I was making the con- I was making the argument that he should be five. Um, so, it's, like, right there. Yeah. He's on the precipice of being in the top. But five. I would consider him elite. Like, totally. I, I don't think he's even above average. Like, he 
He's won a Super Bowl. He's an elite dude. He basically averages 30 touchdowns to 10 interceptions every year. Yeah, 3 to 1 ratio. Yeah. Is that any good? I think it is. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to get your take on that. I, I, I do like the fact that we're on the same page with the Chargers because, yeah, they're they're fake every year. I You need to prove it. And all their 10 fans can fight me. I don't give a shit. Um, anyways... That was a lot of fun, dude. That was. That was a long one. Yeah, that was a long one, but we had a lot to talk about. Um, Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Big Drive Energy. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Big Drive Energy. I am Big Drive Mitch. This is Ryan Konigsberg at Ryan Konigsberg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so it's RK Ryan Konigsberg. Um, Anywho, you guys have a good week. Enjoy the match play, and we will talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks for having me.